you know, I rec- I called the recording Jack and Jill 2. Mm. What do you suppose? Don't. What would a Jack and Jill 2 be? Where do you take this narrative? <laughs> Where she's, next? She's back. Uh-oh. And she's found a husband. <laughs> oh, I, I've come with my with our other sister. <laughs> no. Bill. <laughs> Tune in this summer for <laughs> Jack and Jill and Jill. Come on, come on, let's get together. It's just playing I Love I Love Little Girls by um, Oingo Boingo. It doesn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Catchy song. She's an adopted. Which what what ethnicity haven't they had a go at? In that well, you know what? No, there's only a, a small circle of protected minorities that Adam Sandler feels comfortable taking swipes at. So if they're not Mexican, yeah. then that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Jews, but it's okay because he is. It's okay. You take you take shots at your own. Yeah. Assuming he is Jewish. And also, any character in your thing can also take shots because that's by proxy. Because it's implied that you yeah. wrote it, therefore Nick Svardson. Oh, yeah, exactly. Free reign. Well, he's he 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 gets punished. He gets punished throughout, as as we all <laughs> we all wished and wanted. <laughs> he is the face of Donald thing. Trump's America, and Adam Sandler is the only savior <laughs> we ever needed or deserved. Surprise. I I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. joined me, Paul A. Salt, and my guest, Paul Bonhomme. Enchanté. For tonight's cinematic banquet, East Jacques and Gilles. Are you going bald? Huh? No, 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 you're getting fatter, and your hair doesn't realize it needs to cover more face. Okay. From the producers of Just Go With It and Grown Ups. Men too are so alike. We are nothing alike, I promise you. <laughs> she isn't subtle. Jill, this is Otto. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you! He's homeless, right? Are you whispering with a bullhorn or something? Everybody hears you. She isn't shy. I put a little list together of things I want to do before I leave. Studio tour, beach, horseback riding. Let's go! Oh Oh my god! Maybe I should stay out through Hanukkah. And she isn't leaving. Ah, c'est magnifique. Mm. Un film de Denis Dugan. C'est le... Pleased to be here, Salt. We shall be discussing some of the key sequences of Jack and Jill and engage in lively debate over the film's themes and techniques. And no holds barred, I hope, but also... Oh. <laughs> friendly discussion. Oh, yes. Well, some of my most friendly discussions have happened when all of the holds have been barred. Or the opposite. <clears throat> we shall be discussing these things all whilst trying to contextualise the film, both as an example of 2011 psychosexual angst and a significant cultural moment, whose relevance is perhaps only fully apparent now in this stink age. I would say that the moment is indeed now. Now is the time for Jack and Jill. Now. Maintenant. Yes. Tout le monde. I, I think you meant to say. Tutti frutti. It's French for now. Immanent. Let us experience together the first scene. For discussion. Let's 
let us let us watch together, shall we? The first sequence. I have a paring knife, and I believe <laughs> Mr. Salt over there has a cake fork. Absolutely. And we will just we're just gonna part this and take take a couple of morsels so uh, feast on the amuse bouche of what we're about to see. Amuse? Let us hope so. <laughs> we shall start with the Pepto Bismol advertisement shoot mm. sequence. Why do I have to have such diarrhea? You need to drink the pink. Hold it, cut, cut, Jack. Jack, are you watching this? What do you mean, cut, man? I, I gotta be a Sesame Street by one. Hey, 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 Reach, uh, do you really have diarrhea because you lost weight or something? <laughs> Why does the stomach have all the good lines? Uh-huh. Drink the pink. That's funny. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Jack. The Dunkin' Donut people want to talk. Mm. The very first sequence in the film. Indeed, a, a, a very intelligent, very smart move mm. from Mr. Sandler here. Well, um, this this is where we're going to experience one of the key cinematic techniques of the film. Product placement as text. Yes. Product placement all too often relegated to the background of sequences. Very difficult to work your way in. Often you'll just resort to slapping the logo clumsily over the front of the scene. But what if Denny Dugan occurred, or postulated? What if the product placement was the very soul of the work? The elixir. The elixir. The essence. The jeu de force. The actual driving momentum. And so Adam Sandler is, in advertising, ah, so elegant. Every single sequence of him at work can be dedicated solely and specifically to the purposes of advertising. And really, that is a that is a a building block rather than a limitation he set himself. Because you'll see mm, later mm, on mm, that mm, this is something mm. that spills out into the rest of the film outside of working hours. It's no longer just the thing he does, but is the thing that he has become. Well, if the film itself can be an exemplar of product placement, then. The narrative and the sub-narrative can truly mm. interconnect wholesomely. Yes, it is a narrative sandwich. Yes. And we're all going to have to take a bite. Yes, no better evidence than the inclusion of the, the, the noted, already noted paedophile, Jared <laughs> from Subway, in uh, later scenes. His presence will be... They couldn't have planned it. They couldn't have planned it. They could have no. planned it. They could have planned for him to become a notorious paedophile and convicted sex offender. And they could have orchestrated that and included his presence solely as a disorientating force, a, a Brechtian mm. alienation device, if you like, to further mm. disorient I do. the I audience. Do. I do like it. It's the thing. I like I it do. a lot. Fuck! Yes. And, mm. But they probably didn't. And no. it's just there as a wonderful little piece of... Ooh, just a little frisson for the audience mm. of today to remind you that you're watching true monsters at work. Mm. It's it's Woody Allen sneezing on the cocaine, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's Will Smith saying saying, "Damn, you, you you don't you don't ever expect it. You can't prepare for it, and when it happens, you just you you just you just have to hold the liquor in the mouth and just mm. swill it around your stained teeth and whilst drowning a slug in it." In your mouth. Yes. In the liquor. And then and you then. swallow it and take the slug's powers. That's how, yes, that's you how take intellectualism all works. The powers of a slug. Well, mm. working within the power constraints of a slug, Denny Dugan is editing this sequence 
with a cut on each line that is spoken. Cutting mm. to a different shot each time, never the same angle twice. Sometimes almost imperceptibly. Just a little fractal of a change, as if this was maybe once in a prior version, a previous vision, a fever dream of this sequence. A tracking mm. shot, but no longer. How dynamic. It's so dynamic and disorientating is the key. And mm. this really is the crux of the scene, because what we are seeing is Jack's world out of balance. Yes. He is living a life that is not in harmony with his roots. Yes. What is the advertisement? Exactly. What isn't this the is advertisement? A... It's so far removed from his background in the Bronx, where nothing is advertised. Everything is immediate. Nothing at all. And mm. unwarranted or forebode, foreboded. It's, it's, it's lived, isn't it, Paul? Yes. Everything is just lived in the instant. And uh, no, nobody has time to think... Let's drink some Pepto-Bismol. No, you'd merely find it in your hand and drink it if it were there. That is and the Bronx lifestyle. And hope it's yes. not a gun or a piece of youthful aggression on behalf of a disaffected youth. Hmm. We have some awkward anti-Semitism, which very much exposes the nuance of modern, conversa- modern conversation. Nick Svardson hmm. is exactly as awkward as his presence would actually be in the real world. The world has moved on from Nick Svardson, but has cinema, is what Dennis Dugan is challenging us to think about. Uh, and, and, and what is the answer here? Because... No, 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 no. Film must never answer. It must always not, not, only question. Not ever? Not ever. Not even to the question should film ever answer a question. That question yes. must, like all other questions, remain unanswered. Well, I think back to my, my dear grandmother when I asked her if I really did need to wear quite so many ribbons to my first day of school and mm-hmm. she with a, a coquettish wiggle of her butt and tapping of the nose she said don't tell your dad and i always think that that's that's very much what dennis dugan is giving us in this scene mm. he's saying don't tell anyone about this because they'll all want some they'll all want it and that very elegantly leads us on to the next sequence that we should that we should really get to at this stage, because please, Paul, I'm salivating for yes. for, for more. It's for, time for the for, next for the dish. smorgasbord. Absolutely, smorgasbord. Indeed. I apologise for my my anglicisation of that um, beautiful Swedish word. I must say that I'm I'm a huge proponent of the Swedish people and mm. their culture, and it's the Scandi lifestyle. The Scandi lifestyle yes. that I hear is a phrase that's being used legitimately these days. Um, that yes. I'm I for one am absolutely not sickened by. So here. We have Jill's mm. introduction. The film pivots around the impact that Jack's long-lost sister, not long-lost, not at all, not even in the slightest, not in no. any sense of the word, but nevertheless long-lost sister, will mm. have mm-hmm. on his life as she returns to him around the period of Thanksgiving, a sacred holiday yes. to the American peoples. Mm. She is apparently arriving on Thanksgiving Day, which is... Fucking madness. However, isn't it that exact madness that keeps this plot so on edge? There is no room for flexibility. There will be no day before Thanksgiving. There will only be arriving Thanksgiving morning, sleeping through most of the day, and awakening at the dinner. It's I think you'll find there's only edge in this film, Paul. Seulement edge. It's entirely a film of edges. Very much... Mm. Like some form of cheese, cinematic cheese grater. Yes. And so we come to Chill's introduction 
an empty airport. Imagine it. See the, see the scene. An empty airport, devoid of all people. There was a sleeping cleaner who any lesser director would leave in the background as a sort of visual gag for those who cared to look. But no, mm. Denny Dugan can't afford that kind of careless laissez-faire attitude on behalf of his mm. audience. He will shoot an individual close-up of this cleaner mm. lest the comedy be overlooked. It is it is confronting to know that every second of this is forced upon you. Mm. As if, as, 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 you know, just, just to emphasize how vital every frame of this is and it makes you wonder in re- in reflection what am i doing in my life mm. to bring mm. that sort of force to other people's perception how am i going to remain constantly and consistently in the lives of other people absolutely and can we live fully within the life of another person that That's is m- what adam sandler has aggressively suggesting we do thrustingly so absolutely and i and i for one applaud him denny Mm. And the, the the man who always has a the, the boss eye. Oh man! Oh yes, mm. the mm. Uh, auteur of this entire endeavor. And what does this sleeping cleaner tell us, really? Class commentary. Are we all ignoring the cleaner, as I believe the phrase will be termed once the book of this is written by me? The mm. movie foregrounds the working class whilst also stereotyping them. A disservice to service. Mm. And I th- and I think I think uh, Sandler and Dugano are, are reaching out to their their base demographic yes. as well uh, here and saying yes, working man, I stand with you, I stand near you, at any rate. Yep. Wouldn't none of us would uh, get particularly close on a Friday evening <laughs> coming out of a raffles. Indeed, and yet. It's so important when speaking to a member of the lower class to not only say that I stand with you, but that I also see you as you yes. are and as you might be. And yes, a sleeping old cleaner. I mean, what could be more perfect? Because yes, after, after all, all he wants is for us to say, to say this, to say that I acknowledge your existence and that, look, my, my fingers f- may fit all the way around your face mm. as I squeeze, but I'm, I'm giving you my lifeblood here. Mm. Absolutely. Take mm. from me Thank my you. creative essence, for it is the only gift I may give you. No, I have not washed my hands. That's not... <laughs> please... Stop asking. Please stop asking for change. As we meet Jill for the first time, yes. it is mm. vital that nothing be communicated through costume. She is wearing a long brown coat and black skirt that covers everything. Although later, tremendous amounts will be accomplished through the visual costuming of Jill. It is vital mm. that... From first glimpse, because the sheer fact that this is Adam Sandler and Drag is going to be so overwhelming, there is absolutely no sense in executing any further gags or visual mm. information de- imparting through any other aspect of the mise-en-scene. Okay, okay, I see him. All right, I'm hanging up. How we doing? Where were you? <laughs> I've been waiting forever for you. This place is creeping me out. It's interesting that you'd say this because I think we're very much divided here i would say mm. that actually jill is presented to us as an onion and uh, ah. as uh, l'oignon she, we are promised by denis Dugan mm. that uh, th- that these layers will be peeled peeled off sometimes f- literally sometimes mm. uh metaphysically mm. 
and 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 sometimes just f- for a laugh and um yeah. I, th- mm. I think that the 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 realization of that is mm. actually um is 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 the punchline of a joke that is yet to be told absolutely what we can gleam is that she has a lisp that she is yes. folksy and yes. that she is most crucially on the phone yes she is attempting to communicate however clumsily she is a communicator, whereas Jack, an advertising executive, is of all things not a communicator. Ah, he only understands mm. how to express himself through the medium of Shack, which has become somewhat of a crutch in mm. in recent years. I find it's 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 the it's the go to of any director. Mm. You know, short of ideas. Uh, Tarantino relies on Shaq all the time nowadays. Um, yes. We know, of course, the six-part series that he's working on. Shaq a whack attack. Yeah. Um, it's he's allowed to say it. Most yes. white men wouldn't be, but he's allowed to say no. that. He is ab- absolutely allowed. He's had the consent of Samuel uh, Jackson. One or two. Yeah. One or two men. Yes. And um, look, and and by association, we also have permission. And mm. I, I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, I just said it. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Spike Lee, you may not control language as much as you are trying to. Sir, I think it's time we move to the next sequence. The Thanksgiving. I don't know if I'm ready. The Thanksgiving dinner. Good, okay. Imagine how Bergman might approach this. Hey, guys! Jill, you look amazing. Macy's Marshalls. (laughs) Hey, where am I sitting? What do you mean? Because usually I sit next to you, so all of a sudden I'm, I'm not going to sit here. Oh, uh, you... I thought you could sit down here. I always sit next to Jack. Is there a reason I'm moving? No. Jill, if you'd like, you could sit here. I'd be happy to move. Oh, that's okay. You, you, you're fine if you want to. You, do you want to sit here? I don't know. Okay. Uh... A family dynamic. So serene. So without conflict that you would be forgiven for not knowing who any of these people are or how they relate to each other. So fluid and effortless is their relationship with each other. Mm. I, th- I think in this case, it's very much the point. It's, um, mm. It could, couldn't even be argued that it's a, a happy accident. This is pure genius yeah. at work, Paul. And Absolutely. Um, um, I, th- I think, actually, I-, I hope that, like me, you paused the scene mm. for about 78 minutes um, and, and, and just stared one by one at the, the, the family arranged around this table. Mm. Imagine where they came from yes. and who they were now. Mm. What does this mean? What does that mean? Absolutely. Who, who is this? Who am I? Who is, who is the ghoul staring at this family I on, mean, on, on the, uh, the so-called idiot box? Previous, previous failed attempts to handle this kind of American dynamic. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation springs readily mm. to mind. Yes. So hackneyed are these stories that you immediately know that who is the wife's family, who is the father's family, and how they relate to each other. But Dugan mm. is not interested in such certainties, and is far more interested in mm. a more fluid family dynamic into which he can project Jill. The concept of Jill. The being It's a of transgressive Jill. scene. It really is. It's a deviant scene, and it deviates... 
it's, very much from the from the nuclear family and, and mm. our common understandings, our, our commonalities regarding the, the nuclear family. It's a violating scene. It's an aggressive act yeah. of tearing at your perceptions. And here yes. comes Jill. And we need to articulate very quickly her effect on Jack and his life and family. Yes. How best to emphasize this impact than through silence. The family shall not be playing music. There shall be no side conversations at any stage. Or even ambient noise. This family will be eating their dinner in absolute fucking silence. Mm. The effect is immediate. Are we allowed to, are we allowed to swear on this uh, show? I think swearing well? is the only true thing to do when confronted with genius. Yes, cunt off, BBC. Fuck me, what a painting, Mr. Da Vinci. It is famously what art critic mm. Jeff Mann said when he first when he mm. was allowed to be the first man to see the Sistine Chapel. Mm. Pope that Jeff is, man. Uh, Pope Pope Jeff the man. Yes. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll remember him. Famous rapper is, uh, of the 6th 13th the century in which the, that happened. The 6th yeah. the 6th uh, century. Yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. The century that lives within us all in which everything yes. from the past happened. Dinner is immediate yes. and effortless yes. like the house. We see no cooking. An American. An American. We see no cooking. We see no stress. There is no sequence of them trying to get things ready in time. There is no need. These people are rich. Katie Holmes. Yes. Is a hermetic, hermetically sealed Mm. um, institute of of her own. The American mother Mm. and woman Mm. is is airtight and foolproof. Katie Holmes is immediate. Yes. She is immediate and she is pressing. And so singular in Mm. her appearance and performance in this film that... um, Adam Adam Sandler and Dennis Dugan actually shot every every one of her scenes uh, in a sensory deprivation tank with yes. just her body. They weren't even present. Um, she's the imagined, isolated mm. image of Katie Holmes. She was not given yes. a script. It is purely coincidental no. that anything she says relates to the substance around her. She was not actually allowed to appear in the same room as any, any of them because no. um, she's, uh, as, as, a cer- as a certified 10... Mm. Uh, Adam Sandler actually get, he, he spread the message around that uh, no man should be allowed w- with her. Um, truly, this is the American way. Yes, and that was very much in the contract that she that he struck with Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, I think the thing to remark really upon this sequence, aside from Jill's outward confrontation to the norms of this dinner, how brave, mm. and yet deftly avoids brave. actually commentating on any of these so-called norms, and manages to just be mindlessly rude without yes. actually any of the refreshing qualities of bluntness. It's beautiful, it's brilliant, perfect. It asks so many questions. Yes, and answers at least half as many. Because sometimes questions do need to be answered. Sometimes. Um, not, not in the last scene, but in this scene, in yes. In this scene, answer every the question. question should be answered, and it is by the sheer affrontery of... Jill, Sandler, meanwhile, mm. practicing a quiet aggression towards everyone. He is the king, Jack the King, as he might be called reasonably by me just now. He mm. gives people permission to laugh at things he has said. I felt it because you fell on my head. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> All right, good. He is very much in control, and that is the tension between him and Jill, who is also mm. still him. Crucially at this stage, both vying for control. Um, it is like the uh, the film Identity, mm. 
um, at this stage. Ah, uh, yes. The only thing missing is John Cusack in the brain. And when you put two Adam Sandlers together, it is very much. It does very much give the optical <coughs> illusion of a John Cusack in the rain. The and effect I think that's is what Dennis powerful. Dugan was was asking here: mm. was Would you watch Identity again with me on Friday night? Please do. I'm having pizza delivered. I think it's time now that we move on to Jill's activity montage. A better use of montage yes. you will not find outside of Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Yes. Eisenstein is what I, I meant. <laughs> I'm so excited that I can barely contain my Russian auteurs. Mm. Mm. It's a very fine line. It's it's cyclical at this stage. It really um, is. Tarkovsky, Lex Luthor. Everything. Everything like that. Every, every, everything. Tout, tout le monde sur le table. Hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre. Bon appétit. Yes. Ex- so. Exactly. Itadakimasu. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Oh my god! They start this montage with Tiny Me, a satire of the relationship between girls and their dolls. The purpose of the daughter's character, entire, throughout the film, she is seen wearing identical clothing to her doll. Why? Why? Because the impossibility of aspiration is not outside of the realms of this opulent society. They are so rich that the daughter is entirely capable of emulating her dolls. The fantasy, the reality, one and the same thing. Mm. What does that mean in the greater setting of this film and the relationship between Jack and Jill? Absolutely nothing. It does not need to. Only hacks tie everything together. It is a symbiosis that is so perfect that it need not be mentioned at all. Never. And never resolved. Much really like, left. Mm, much like when, we, when humans breathe, they have to defecate. Absolutely. Constantly. Mm. With every breath in. And that is very much what Dennis Duhan is doing here. Mm. Denis Duhan. And in his next sequence, Jill squashes a deer. A deer, a donkey, it very much doesn't matter. Cinematically very similar entities. In terms of the archetypes summoned in the audience. Yes, exactly. It becomes ir- ir- irrelevant, actually, what animal it is. Mm. Um, it's, it's the message. It's the, it's the quelling of the, the inner animal. Yes. Um, much like a fat Jewish Jill mm. sitting on, it, frankly, any animal. Yeah. A monkey. But it wasn't. A bat. A, and yet he chose a donkey. Why? Well, the donkey has this immediate connotation to the audience of a laboring animal, a work animal. Mm. It's a working class animal. You can see its cigarettes plainly throughout the sequence. And mm. Jill crushes it. Jill very much working the, representing the working class influence on Jack's life, reminding him of his roots that he rejects so vehemently. Mm. And yet here, she crushes the donkey. Why? She crushes the donkey. Why? She has been laced with the capitalist ideals of mm. Jacques. Ah, the seductive quality of the opulent house, in which little girls may mm. look like their dolls. It is yes. not outside of the realms of possibility or plausibility. In which foreign boys are allowed to live mm. lives of unbridled tapery. Yes, and yet for these foreign bo- boys it is a very distressing existence in which the sheer amount of possessions around them becomes so impossible to shake off it is almost as if they have been taped onto you. And yet who is doing the taping? Why none other than that little boy himself. God and in, in, in very much in the same breath, Steny Dugan mm. is holding the tape. Or at the very least, the scissors and saying, say when, little boy, say Absolutely. when. And of course, this means that the following joke, in which the little boy runs through the scene with 
a hamster, an unforeseen-before hamster strapped to his back, might seem mm. irrelevant, like it doesn't belong in a sequence that is deliberately intended to demonstrate the destructive influence of Jill on Jack's life, mm. is actually more relevant than anything I've ever seen in my life, to anything else. Yes, of course, it is the little bit of line that you see going between the yin, uh, excuse me, <coughs> the yin and the yang. Uh-huh, absolutely. And it's it's also the little bit of seam that just runs along the testicles, holding yes. the balls in. Seemingly so fragile mm. and, 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 and yet mm. guarding something so precious. Yes. So capable of, something so capable of, of life and pain, mm. which, is, and, and it, which, which is life, <coughs> in fact. Life is yeah. pain. It certainly um, is as far as Jack and Jill oh. is concerned. Testicles, fantastic, Paul. Yes. Now, in the next sequence, in the next shot of this activity montage, we have the spooning moment in which Jill is unconsensually spooning with Jack. And at this stage, we have to ask, why Jack and Jill? Why invoke the children's nursery nonsense in this Mm. sexualized context? Is Jack and Jill endemic of all male-female sexual relations? And is there a book in that for me? Jack fell down mm-hmm. and broke his cl- his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. Am I the only one who detects the sexual menace in that narrative? No, Dennis Dugan did too. I think you're the only one brave enough to, to speak mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. candidly, mm-hmm. Un- mm-hmm. uncryptically, mm-hmm. and without riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, as to not use a single French word in that entire sentence. Oh, how brave. How brave of me to have abandoned Very. the accoutrement of another language. Bravo. Until just there when I did Bravo. it. But that was brave too. Encore. For a different reason. Or perhaps Encore. Dugan is in fact not evoking the children's story whatsoever, which is also brilliant for different ways, but also the same ways. Perhaps he is evoking the 16th century concept of Jack and Jill as simply gendered archetypes, a Jack and Jill, as Shakespeare referenced mm. in his book, and Midsummer Night's Dream. And we quote mm. together, if you will, Jack <laughs> shall have Jill, <laughs> naught shall go ill. Uh, d- d- exactly. D- d- no. We said it exactly yes. the same way. Yes, it's fantastic. Well, it's, it's, mm. it, it can be read in so many ways, but there's only mm. one true way to read it. And that's the um, Dugan way. The Duhan yeah. way. Dugan. Mm. I, I oh, agree. As the, as the Japanese have taken to calling it Dugando. Mm. Mm. Beautiful people. Or is Tay? Is Tay the way? Or is Do? I forget. Tay? It's not French, so it's not as good. Mm-hmm. Dugan Tay. It's pretty good. We now have the mm. game show. A microcosm of modern American life. Mm. Jill appears, a working class woman, a working class Jewish woman, a female working class Jewish woman. She goes up on stage. She tries to spin the wheel in order to win some sort of material value, gets injured, wins a tremendous amount of possessions, none of which are addressed again in the rest of the film. Mm. Wouldn't this have been a perfect time for her to have won the jet ski that we saw her using earlier, it it, it might have been, but I think I think that the, the the biggest crime in this scene mm. is to tempt is to to tease us mm. with the the realization that Drew Carey has lost many many weights ah and almost unrecognizably the, Drew Carey yes um it, which is some he would probably say uh, I, I think a little ribaldly uh it's to his benefit in this film but I think mm. he's been quite unfair because um, yes. It's 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 the it's the tent pole around mm. uh, around which this scene is draped, and a marvelous and... contrast with the later representative of enormous weight loss, the paedophile Jared Fogler. 
Yes. W- what a brilliant contrast of the good and the bad in terms of weight loss. To show that losing tremendous amounts of weight is not a habit exclusively reserved for the morally righteous. We I... may all do it. Even even you and I. Even you and I, morally reprehensible though we are. Is yeah. the montage actually over? A question that is asked far too few in cinema mm. classics. Watch Battleship. Far too fewly. Far too fewly. Watch the Battleship Potemkin. You know when the montage mm. is over. The scenes slow down and the music stops. And although that certainly mm. happens here, by the time we get to the cinema scene, it is clear that although we are no longer part of the montage, these sequences will have no connecting thread whatsoever. Well, the, the, the pace of the scenes have, have, have nevertheless <coughs> picked up and the, 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 the undressing, the, mm. the jettisoning of restraints, like connecting mm. scenes and, and, and mm. items and, and themes and motifs. It's the totem all over again, as far <gasps> as I'm concerned. Mm. Does it ever stop spinning? You know? It mustn't. Does it, does it, it mustn't. ever... It mustn't. No. Mm. Can, can, could it, even if it did, could Dennis Dugan let us know that we were suddenly no longer in a montage? He mustn't, he mustn't, he mustn't. As an aside, there is a thrilling sequence in which, sequence in which Jill tries to choose a dating website. Mm. And she dismisses E. Harbony for having too many commercials. This is a critique of over-commercialization within a product placement that is simultaneously a wry acknowledgement of the film's greatest folly, thereby forgiving all possible contention that you might have with it. Yes, embracing it is, is, as we've learned um, with racism, embracing the problem is is often the best way of treating it. Absolutely. Rather than apologizing. Yes, it's far, far more effective than actually thinking about it or empathizing with those who have been offended. And now, the date scene. The stairway sequence. In which Jill descends the staircase, mm. the music soars, and it would be very easy for the audience to know exactly what to feel. They would feel comforted mm. by that, but this is not a film of comfort. No. We have Adam Sandler's smiling face implying an impossible attraction to his own sister, or seeing her in a new light, or something we'll never know. Mm. Jill looks like a doll. It doesn't matter, but it is everything. Mm. And Norm Macdonald is disgusted, finally establishing the, mo- the emotional intention of the scene at its close. Dugan yes. risks the audience's trust by making a sequence mm. impossible to connect with emotionally, only to win us back via the simple medium of Norm Macdonald's face. What a powerful tool, Dennis Dugan. Unless, of course, like me, uh, you, you were helplessly attracted to, mm. to Jill mm. in this scene. Mm. Um, as you, as you realise that Adam Sandler has many talents mm-hmm. one of which is looking quite attractive when he's about two inches taller in, in stilettos yes absolutely the height from which he may look down upon you reaffirming your mm. position as an inferior and therefore allowing your sexual juices to fully flow testicularly mm. towards yes adam sandler's juices yeah or jesus oh freudian sluts that's what you that's the name of my bowling team. Why didn't Norm Macdonald just sneak out of the bathroom? Why wait? Why excuse himself to the bathroom and rather than leave mm. wait inside the cubicle until enough time has passed for Jill to come looking? Because it had to be revealed to us that Norm mm. Macdonald has superhuman strength. Ah. And what would capable. be the point of this scene if that were not true? Because such a man who has such um, strength, such inner mm. power, 
Mm. And, and and clearly wisdom because with great mm. power comes comes super smarts yeah that even he would rather hang from the ceiling an effort uh, a feat of incredible human achievement and mm-hmm. prowess yep that is possessed than, than, only than by s- norm mcdonald yes and sneak wussily out of a restaurant uh-huh. um a nice one at that very yes. busy um, oh yes b- busy a big busy restaurant that does meat and vegetables it's great mm. the sequence is drawn to a close with a child saying a rhyme. Busted, disgusted, never to be trusted. Significant? Impossibly so. I can't understate it or overstate it. I simply cannot state it. And I, yes, can't rem- or remember it. Or even bring it to mind. Yes. The only I thing we can do fact. is hide our shame and limp briskly to the birthday party. Mm. Did I ever tell you Todd is an atheist? A what? Oh, God. <laughs> Have a great time, guys. No, the, how could there be a Grand Canyon if God didn't exist? Uh, right, that, that's a very good point. I, I'm just saying, you know, maybe... Maybe that, uh, God wouldn't have given you a rat face if you believed in him. I don't have a rat face. Yes, you do have a rat face. It's scary. Whoa, Get whoa, whoa, whoa. Cheese. Wait a minute. This guy doesn't believe in God? No. Uh, no, no I, I'm just saying that, there, that there's not real proof. Idiots like you oh. really make me mad. Fight! Fight! Him. Fight! A religious fight is promised and abandoned in favour of cake. Where must the audience's sympathies lie? With the oppressed atheist? Impossible, he is played by Nick Svartzen. With the religious right? Maybe. Maybe this is an attempt, very much like the later seasons of Roseanne, to humanise the alt-right. That we may embrace them as brothers of a cake. And also Jared is here. To make this mm-hmm. all the more palatable a concept. To really help define the point of the scene mm. and where the loyalties lie, which is in bed with a paedophile, Jared from Subway. Absolutely. It was it was wonderful on, on rewatch to to see him again mm. and to 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 realise the the effort that once again went into advertising the uh, the, the benefit of Subway to try to mm. humanise Jared Vogler, uh, the paedophile. Mm. And the insistence that the, this film had to promote these two messages, mm. the delicious health-giving properties of Subway, mm. as part of a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Yes, naturally. But and, also instead and, of. Yes, mm. instead of. And also the pure physical attractiveness of Jared Vogler, noted paedophile. Mm. Absolutely. It's crucial to yeah. the entire sequence. What happens mm. next is dynamite. A cake is brought out and Jill objects to it. Her objection mm. to the cake is unreasonable. She feels mm. there ought to be two, one for each, like her mother used to do. Yes. yes. Nobody at the party knew she was going to be there. They have gone out of their way to accommodate her and to involve her yes. in the party mm. that she was not invited to, nor expected to attend. Yes. And Honestly. yet, Jill's objection is there, and it is real and, and it is valid. The action. And valid simply because Jack's response is a little unsympathetic. Yes. Because he's more concerned with the awkwardness of the situation he is in than his sister's feeling, oh my god, is that a fucking theme? I think it is. Kill it. Eat it. Gain its power. Jared from Subway is here. (laughs) Duhan is once again challenging the audience with being able to relate to no one in the sequence. Mm. Al Pacino. Here's a theme. Grab Mm. it. It's gone. It's gone. You don't need it. It's cluttering your life. Does it fill you with joy? I doubt it. Jill 
like any reasonable person would, abandons the scene. Who is yeah. this waiting for her? It's Al Pacino. How did he get here? He is... This, you see, this is crucial. Al Pacino is not a character in the film. Mm. He is not a man. Mm. He is a concept. Wearing a mask. Wearing a mask. He is a concept. He is like Michael Myers in Halloween. He is a shape mm. that moves puckishly, mm. puckishly mm. through P-p-p-kishly. the narrative haze to mm. meet characters at the point when they need him most or least. Mm. Mm. He is Poseidon's leg. Yep. Stretching out straight as... Poseidon's leg Absolutely now, Into the, the realms of possibility It is time for some contrast mm, Oh yes Because mm. immediately following A awkward mm. dinner date With the physical force That is Al Pacino We are witness yes. to a Mexican family picnic And how could you not Concentrate on the character In this sequence A sequence that Ostensibly is devoted to Jill finally finding a place that she feels at home, but that is for cowards. Yes. Cowards would focus on this. Instead, we focus on the grandmother character. Cowards? Yes. This is an audience sympathy masterclass. Eugenio Derbez, who plays the character Mm. of Felipe, also plays the character of the grandmother. Is it an accident? I think not! No. How could it Has be? Has this ever been done before? Once it's in never, this film. It's never been done before. I don't know who Eddie Murphy is or what he's done. It doesn't matter. No. He He's playing the grandmother with prosthetics so hideous that mm. it's impossible to relate to the grandmother even before she starts needlessly treating Jill as some form of aggressor. Is it mm. colonial S- resentment? I think so. And I'm going to assert that. So foul, in fact, that I divorced my young, young wife at the uh, b- before the end of this film. <laughs> yes, uh, and I have I have Dennis Dugan to thank, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so does she. The camera mm. during the dance sequence glides and floats like a hip hop video, completely incongruous with everything seen before, and yet it is something that you've seen before with this kind of dancing. And it's that mm. willingness to get down and talk to the audience on their level mm. that has earned Dennis Dugan the respect of all of his peers, including the ones who just can't stand his work. Yes. Especially. Because um, it's, it's, it's much, much like your mother said to me um, when I was um, bullying you uh, mm. incessantly, in fact, <laughs> um, many mm. years ago, to, to 20, 2017 now it was. Mm. Um, and she said, now, now. You're only jealous of his sick moves. Absolutely. And uh, that, cha- that changed me. That changed me. It honestly did. It, mm. it, 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 it could not. It def- couldn't not. No. It's, it's reshaped the way I, I see the world, the way I see you and your sick moves. And it's actually, it, it came back to me like, like regurgitated wisdom mm. um, in the middle of this scene. Um, when when all, I, all I could think was the, the, the sick fucking moves of, of, of this man. Mm. And I didn't actually didn't see how the scene ended. I was busy. Yeah, just completely unraveling emotionally speaking. What you missed mm. was Jill being good at dancing and being good at sport. Oh, oh, two relatively unfeminine activities: <laughs> hip hop dancing, being mm. good at sport. You wouldn't expect. I'm women not allowed to, be good to do either of these things. Perhaps you're wondering it's if this is a crazy fantasy. It's a crazy fantasy. Perhaps you're thinking comedy here should derive from the fact that this is actually Adam Sandler playing a woman, and that this is some sort of gendered free son of excitement. 
and later on is the sequence where she beats two weightlifters at their own game, which has a similar connotation, and yet I believe no. The point mm. of these sequences is that it's funny that a woman would be good at these things. It's different, mm. it doesn't comply to the typical view of women and femininity, and therefore it is amusing the sheer idea that a woman would be good at sport. And this is in keeping, mm. of course, with the muscle woman from Grown Ups 2. A similar, later Denny Dugan project. It is a, it is a very niche mm. kind of, of good woman, mm. I would say. It is, a, as, as, as the French would say, a strong woman. Mm. Um, because women are not strong. Mm. They may be good at sport. They may be good at cooperating. Mm. They, 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 they are good at joining in teams when, uh, when their natural wiles have to, have to get them um, you know, ab- above the stations of other women. Mm. And, uh, but, but, a, but a strong woman who would s- solve her problems by force and strength. Mm. Typical that, that Adam is Sandler the... moves. That is yes, incorrect. That is... Mm. Yes. Beautifully so. It is, it, it is how Adam Sandler r- resolves every single one of his narratives. And yet for a woman to do so. Mm. Incorrigible. It is detestable. Mm. Immoral. And at the same... It is exciting. Absolutely. But now is the time. Now is the time, my actual son, to move on from the picnic sequence with mere mention to the final motif that we are left with. Mm. Felipe hands Jill a stick with which to beat a piñata, mirroring perfectly the inexplicable scene that came before it in which Al Pacino handed her a stick in the hopes of conducting a baseball game in his own living room. Yes. When watching that sequence, you might think, what the fuck is going on? But only in the context of another man handing her a similar stick, do you realize Mm. that this is about being handed sticks Mm. and being asked to take control of the situation? With a stick. With the the aforementioned stick. Yeah. But, 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 why, but, but why in the first scene would she... Re- refuse the advances of, of of wealthy idea Al Pacino, mm. and and then, and then from this poor Mexican stereotype mm. from this this b- beloved character actor, decide to, to to accept the stick of responsibility and smack it about a bit. Yeah, well, it's completely alien to me and you of our rich, elite female wives who have come from only the purest breeding stock. Mm. Traded for by lift our a plate. parents. So weak. Couldn't lift a plate, yeah. but my God, can they bear the odd child? Mm. It is unfamiliar to us. Do you have an odd child? A very odd child. Unfamiliar to us, the idea that the working classes would actually rather select each other than someone above their own station, because they know, deep down, at their heart, what is best for them. It's, it's a confronting message. It is. And yet it is also the reason that the working classes will forever be without sympathy. And will never rise or make anything of their lives, yes. No, no, no. Because mm. inherently they understand that to do so is wrong. Mm. The next sequence involves them boarding a cruise. <laughs> Welcome to Royal Caribbean International. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I particularly enjoyed this scene um, yes. because it, 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 it is rare for a filmmaker to, to wittingly make his, his, his picture look like sick, um, mm. so rolling 
like tears down the television screen. Mm. But but so forceful is is the need to mm. to make this film perhaps the ugliest ugliest thing I've ever seen with mm. um the most bovine public um just living just living pointless awful detestable lives yes. in garish colors as it, it it's it's so so unflattering and unpalatable mm. that um he, he, to to have chosen this and then thrust it down my mouth mm. which was open at the time mm. um it's 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 how i express it's how i express mm-hmm. that i, th- I think it, it really is the best fucking film mm. that i've ever seen or dreamed of and i i dream vividly i take s- s- m- so many narcotics absolutely i think harmony korean and john walters only really and early herzog only really suggested the sheer unpalatable frame mm. that dugan achieves here in essentially lifting Footage from what is quite obviously a promotional video for the Royal Caribbean Cruises. Yes. In which we are welcomed, we specifically, the audience, the in the position of an omnipotent camera, camera that occupies mm. a space that is far removed from any of our characters, are welcomed onto this cruise. The shamelessness yes. is somehow fabulous and inexorably mm. linked to the quality of the film. And we are led to believe our characters are in Europe at this mm. stage. And, uh, the, With the, no the, travel the, time Dugan, at all. No, we, we, we're led to believe that Europe now looks like Miami. Mm-hmm. And what does, this, what does this say about the, the way of the world, Paul? Mm. The state the of being. Absolutely. Mm. Of Everything looks shit. The heart of culture. Everything mm. looks shit. That is what we are led to believe. The penultimate sequence to discuss is the Pacino dinner sequence in which Jack, mm. the, the, the layers at which this operates is f- unthink- unfathomable. Jack is disguised as Jill on a date with oh, Al Pacino. It's mm. superb. It is the climactic action of the film, traditionally held at the midpoint, here 15 minutes from the end. The lower part of Jack's arc, the lowest he will ever get. Mm. Mm. And the very beginning of Jill's arc, who has yet to develop as a character, but will do so mm-hmm. over, the, over the following two scenes. We have two distinct, meaningful conversations sandwiched confrontationally together. Mm. This is building on absolutely nothing that has been set up so far. And lesser directors mm. would have somehow built to this. Like a ramp, as opposed to a Pandering. step over which our conception may fall. Mm. How patronizing to mm. think that we mm. would need preparing for a realization such as this absolutely when it when it can just be pushed on a surprise like like yeah. that like a dracula See, like a jim broad shocking, isn't it in a in a trench hmm. listeners at home listeners at home listen wait 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 see absolutely it's you it's didn't terrifying. expect it you didn't know it was coming and yet it is everything that you hoped it would be yes and now we will make love later we will the first yeah. conversation ends without resolution the second with resolution jack receives the call to action that he has needed for the last hour and a half of film and will now try and make amends with Jill, yes. having understood her perspective from the perspective of a man who was trying to fuck her. The only perspective through mm. which a woman can be understood. Mm. And now we Indeed. may go to the New Year's celebration. How to resolve the conflict here. Underdeveloped conflict. The audience has no investment. Neither character have demonstrated to be better or worse than the other. How to mm. resolve 
this situation. Simple, you have them speak untranslated nonsense. Pocky. My god. Pukmagadodo. Blarda. 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 Mama Pandori. Pan Papa Pandori. Long Manabada. Yes, and I'll assure them through acting, the sheer power of acting, that catharsis mm. has somehow been reached. Now, in in, in this reality, uh, Paul, where uh, you and I are established mm. uh, early modern history critics, and um, uh, we do this this film podcast on the side for our bitches, mm-hmm. uh, and in any other Love context. This is uh, this is perhaps the, the the best scene of the film. And if I were uh, a thirty something white, why not male, um, living in a flat somewhere of undisclosed d- d- sexual origin? Yeah. Yes, I'd, I'd rather not say at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, even even then, I would probably say yes. This is the most effective s- s- two seconds in the entire movie. Mm. And I, I would like to say that that is because of the you know the, the performances and the what's mm. been built up to panderingly. Uh, a bit, but actually, I just I, th- I think I just it 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 is finally the film's director Dennis mm. Dugan mm. distancing us from everything that's happened up until now and everything that will happen, in- including David Spade in 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 address, mm. Mm. and and saying none of this is important. Yes. What what is important is Jonathan Lufren, who has a weird eye. Mm. Where is it looking? To the future? To the past? Both ways at once. As must we if we are mm. to make sense of this debacle. Mm. Mm. And that brings mm. us to the final sequence mm. of the film. Mm. Which has become known as uh. Alan René identified in his book Jack and Jill and Why You Should Care. Mm. The Don Cacino sequence. Don Cacino? Don't mind if I do! What's my name? Dunkachino! You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, who are lotty light? This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl, I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7th of 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino! Dunkachino! The Dunkachino sequence. A commentary not only on Al Pacino's career, his progression, mm-hmm. his state of being, his position mm-hmm. as a metaphysical manifestation of all things mm-hmm. disaffected. But also as a man desperate for attention, love, and money, mm. all at and once. And self-loathing at the exact same time. So much self-loathing, Paul, is what I detected from this sequence. Mm. As Al Pacino danced his fucking reputation away, yeah, recalling Shaq in earlier sequences, proudly admitting to anyone who would care to ask that he shared a playbill with Shaquille O'Neal. There was only one conclusion to come to regarding Dennis Duhan's Jack and Jill. Which said it is a total pool of shite. Jesus mm. Christ! Fuck Al me, this was, was bad. right at the end when <laughs> he says burn it. Nobody should see this. <laughs> I did. Nobody it's, should see it's, this. It's, it's very knowing, isn't it? It's, although everybody should see it. No one should see it, and everybody uh, should see it because yeah. crucially, once um, they should see it, Paul. Just the once yeah. is fine. This is the well, worst one. No, yeah, no, I, I'm well on the once, <laughs> one and done bandwagon, yeah. Mister. Let's revisit our worst films of all time, our most unpleasant experiences what? ever. I've learnt from this. I think this one is worse. 
I think this one's oh. worse than Grown Ups 2. I, I, I think it's neck and neck, Paul. Shit, man. I, I really was for, unhappy doing this one. Maybe it was just the... And, 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 what would you call it? The anesthetizing effect of having to write out yeah. all the jokes in Grown Ups 2. But there was <laughs> something about this one that really fucking sucked up my time. I had to take this one in chunks. I braked every half hour. Took it in three really? loads. Like, um, like intervals. I had to. Yeah. I was getting like too angry. <laughs> yeah. You can't have them all at once. <laughs> Listen to your mum. Ladies. Yeah, no, I, I... For me, this was top-heavy shit, whereas Grown Ups built to it. Ah. Um, I, yes. So I, I remember messaging That's you in the first eight, eight minutes had gone, and I and I said, no, this is the worst film we've ever seen. Mm. And um, as the film went on, it was it was like the adrenaline of a cut. You go, ow, shit. And then, and then <laughs> well, that's last time I'll ever write on paper. And then as, you know, the blood flows and you, you start to black out, that lovely adrenaline and... and <laughs> euphoria comes in where you, you're just you're not you're not feeling the pain anymore with jack and jill i wasn't i wasn't laughing you i wasn't really enjoying it no. in, a, in any way apart from a few a few good things yeah but um grown-ups it built and it led it it, it it built me to a point where i thought oh maybe this isn't as bad as i remember and then it was yeah but jack and jill was just out the gates like hey remember this you twats every scene that started made me angry Everyone I yeah. remembered, I was like, oh, fuck, it's this one. And everyone I didn't remember, no. it's like, oh, fuck, it's this one. I'd forgotten yeah. about this piece God. of shit. Yeah. There were sequences there. in here. It. There were sequences in here. The birthday party, I had completely forgotten about until it was honours. And yeah. all the while through it, just thinking, there's still the cruise. There's still so much yeah. Al Pacino left. It's oh, just... Oh, my God. There's it's more... embarrassing. If I ask you to name something that really fucking irritated you and was painful to watch, I mean, for one thing, our memory does once again kick in because it has been 10 weeks since Grown Ups 2. But real quick, stream yeah. of consciousness, Grown Ups 2, name something. Um, Nick Swarzen. Yep, that's pretty good. Now, Jack and Jill? Um, oh, fuck, Jill. Just Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. In general. The, the, just the, 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 oh, the, the fact in this specifically that, that Jack is such a piece of shit and there's no yeah fuck me it's just, it's just so hard i know jill is like jill this is, is done in cinema before right you have a very unsympathetic like stereotype sister yeah. or brother or family member who they forget to give any heart to yeah it's, it's, this is yeah this this is it it's usually a bit more playful if somebody comes in and they're overbearing yeah. then there's a lovable side to it but yeah it, it's like for me it's it's Take the very worst Noah Baumbach family comedy that mm. is just awkward and annoying by dint of all the people being awkward and annoying. Right. This is just this is light speed travel away from that. You, right. you have to you have to go into cryostasis for about seventy eight light years to 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 get to this. Yeah. Be- because I, I can see the playful roots where it's meant to be like, ooh, we all have a, a brother or sister who who says weird or racist shit, and you go, yeah. Oh, stop Stop it! But but both characters in this are bo- like toilets. Yeah, fuck they me. They're so bad. I hate need them to be both. Wiped away. And you know, one thing that is different from when we last watched this is that I have seen planes, trains, and automobiles, which features a very similar dynamic between a character who's far okay. too uptight to the point of being kind of a dick, and a character who is mm. far too kind of vulgar, you know, to be very relatable to. And yet, both of them, there is humanity. There are sequences yes. where they bond and actually get over their conflict early on that foreshadows mm. the ultimate catharsis they're able to reach. Yeah. And they undertake trials together. There are sequences that, that oh god, this movie has no structure. It's like a slug. Yeah. 
There's no it's... skeletal fucking thing in there that you can hang it on. It's a series of skits involving Jill being unlikable. I was, I was, I was just trying to think that through while you were saying that because I was going to say, no, you know, even a, sl- a slug has a front end and a back end. You can tell which is which, but that's basically this. You can tell what the beginning is yeah. and what the end is because the beginning is she's coming here and at the the end uh, they're they're happy. Yeah, that's, that's it. The big, the it, big it, it, tra- I mean, it's oh fuck. Every similar act. issue to Grown Ups too. It's mm. sketches. Can Jack get on with his sister despite her annoying, you know, habits? That is yeah. the overall theme of the movie, and it is no. Right up until the penultimate scene. Yes. And that is unmotivated. There is no motivation that comes in and it's like, oh, that's why he should be nice to his sister. Because what is it even Al Pacino says? That she's really happy that her brother has all this success? We never get a hint of that. We never get a hint no. that Jill is really pleased that Jack is actually a really successful guy. And has done well for no. himself. And has managed to get away from the Bronx because she secretly doesn't like it either. That never comes yeah. across. No, not at all. You just have to... I mean. That's the beauty of a script, Paul. You can just say it, and and then that <laughs> makes it true. Yeah. Um. And it, it, I I genuinely don't know where this is coming from emotionally. I don't yeah. know if 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 this was written, and 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 Jill and Jack and Jill were supposed to be sympathetic. Yeah. Or, or like if they were supposed to have any of that that Al Pacino said was true. Mm. Uh, but it's it's just emphatically not. Yeah, neither neither of them are nice people. No, and and the 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 film itself. I mean, the film itself is Adam Sandler's character embodied. Yeah, it's just a, a shill of a movie. It is. It's, it's a husk narratively, and it's it's just it. it I would say more cynical than Grown Ups too. Yeah, yeah, be, be, because of the the sheer so. preponderance of advertising. And oh fucking the, the main the main story and it's not knowing and cheeky enough to get away with no. the whole Al Pacino selling out thing Fucking because hell. it is no. just it's just Al Pacino selling out why would Al Pacino go yeah let's be in this Adam Sandler shit yeah, fest and don't show about... a fucking clip of of Scarface during the and film stop referencing it yeah, yeah. stop is he ref- pulling out Godfather you're not allowed to reference that in this movie no stop making but... me think about genuinely some of the best films ever made yeah oh god it's so distressing just... it would be one thing if the reason that Jack hated Jill was because she reminded him of all the things he doesn't like about himself. About his yeah. upbringing, about his background, all of that. Which would be very well observed. It would be well observed, it would be interesting, it would, you know, it would ultimately drive the catharsis as a character has to learn to love, you know, themselves and accept the things about yeah. themselves they don't like. And they play towards this, the cinema sequence in which we find out that actually they yeah. share quite a few of the same bad habits, which is so fucking on the nose and bad and crude. Um, but it's not that. Instead, what you get the impression is Jill is all the things not that Jack doesn't like about himself, but that Jack doesn't like about working class people and specifically working class women. <laughs> and that's a shitty feeling. <laughs> it, it's it's just what he yeah doesn't like about the broadest stereotypes. Yeah. So there's nothing Katie personal Holmes. to latch onto. K- Katie Holmes represents the perfect woman, all the things that aren't Jill, and she's Barely a non-entity. There, yeah. She has no spine. Yeah. No voice, yeah, and does nothing but smile and support Jack unconditionally with no, no yeah. wants until, or drive of her until own. the end. Until she just starts to comment on how weird he's getting, and then when he's, <laughs> when he's, yeah, being a douchebag, she does eventually start calling him out on it. But I, th- I think it has to, they have to set it up somehow mm. that Jack is a douchebag, and they can't just have that by his actions alone. Yeah. 
Because who well, would who would have thought? I just I, I'm constantly left to wonder the extent to which Jack is actually the movie knows that Jack is a dick. I think I think it does, but I th- I, th- I think it <sighs> does because that's a whole realization is that he he realizes he's been trying to pimp his sister out to Al Pacino so he'll be in the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> But that's commercial. the thing, is they have to give him such a horrible thing to do. It's not enough that the thing he's been doing is just avoiding his sister and not liking spending yeah. time with her because yeah, that's all that's justified by Jill. The line is that he's been actually trying to sell his sister for a fucking commercial he doesn't really need. Yeah, It's a hard one, whether this is worse than Je- uh, Grown Ups 2, because you're right. Grown Ups 2 escalated. This wallows. And eventually yeah. you do kind of get used to it. But just from that beginning, like, I remember, like you do, that the first half of Grown Ups 2, I remember thinking, oh, this isn't so bad. But mm. when I think of all the side characters, I get more irritated by Grown Ups 2. Because a lot of those yeah. guys are here playing normal people, which is almost disconcerting. Yeah. You know, seeing the, uh, what? Yeah. Guy just playing a dude? Yeah. And Nick Folson just playing, like, a guy? It's almost upsetting to see these kind of horrible clown men wearing skin suits <laughs> yeah i know i mean david spade's still a lady that's and, true he's um, still wearing horrible fake breasts um but but they but they managed to get in that very nice looking um actor to play felipe and his oh, kitty yeah. yeah yeah which it just it just doesn't even qualify as a catchphrase it's just no. again it's the same level of laziness yeah. in grown-ups too as in jack and jill yeah. There's no structure. It's just and shooting. Go on, guys. <laughs> do what do what you will. Yeah, improvise. Um, Fuck it. Yeah, it's. This made me. I think this made me feel deader inside. Mm. Um, I think I probably got a few more laughs out of Grown Ups too. Okay. But, but um. Are you therefore happy enough to say that Jack and Jill's the worst film that we've watched on this podcast? Uh, I I just think because in ten episodes you know you've what, got to Paul? throw Run for Your Wife into the mix. And so we should probably come at it with some form of certainty. I don't know, Paul. They're twins. These films, they're twins in their own <laughs> right, right? They're equally lazy, pandering yeah. and shit with moments I like scattered across them. God. Thank God for Shaq. I just, really? Without, without I, Shaq, I don't think I'd have laughed in this film at all. You know what? I don't remember like uh, I don't remember experiencing Shaq the first time we watched this. And so when he came up this time, I was like, oh, okay, Gibbon liked this last time. We yeah. talked about it, so let me really pay attention. This is inferior Shaq for me. I think this is the least I've enjoyed Shaq in a thing, and you know I've enjoyed Shaq in things. You I know, know I enjoy Shaq in, I enjoy Shaq in Grown Ups too. I've really fucking enjoyed Shaq in Steel. Yeah. Shaq in this was a big disappointment for me. He was only in it for about five seconds. I know, and they were um, disappointing. <laughs> it's just it's just got such a great face. It's got a good face. Um, I I just I just appreciated the 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 irreverence of it in the mm. middle of what was a swamp. Yeah. Um, just to have somebody come in and go, Hey, I don't care all that much for what's been going on. Here's my face for a bit. Yeah. It was just, it was just quite comforting. And I, and I did laugh. Something that pisses me. I think Jack and Jill might actually take itself a bit more seriously than Grown Ups 2. Oh no, 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 that's yeah. not, I'm not sure about well, that because Grown Ups 2 is meant to be a commentary on getting older and look how far we've come. And it wears that pretty seriously and it's nothing. It's meaningless. In yeah. the same way that this film's commentary on siblings and twins is meaningless. So, no, I'm not sure that's a factor. It's hard I to just, say. They're both so irritating. They're, they're, they're both just extremely ugly, but ultimately vestigial like, deformities. We don't, yeah. need, don't need either of them. Mm. So it just doesn't fucking matter. But yeah. they're both just ugly in their own right. They're both, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's like, you know, apples to oranges. You can't compare fruit. 
<laughs> fruit can never no, be it, compared. It, yeah. <laughs> it's um, nothing compares to fruit. <laughs> Certainly not grown no, up I, I would, if, if you want to go ahead and, and put it as first, then that's fine. But every time we go through this list, I'll just be shouting, joint first. Oh, God. Well, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can make it so that they're joint first. Because they are very similar. They have a lot of the same people involved. Yep. So, all right. I'm happy enough with that. Let's go forward into this new decade, <laughs> knowing in our truest hearts that the worst films we've ever seen... And we are going to be reviewing one of the worst films I've seen outside of this podcast in the coming weeks. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll see if that can challenge it. But for now, Jack and Jill and Grown Ups 2 are the worst films that we have watched. Yeah, did a bit. Oh, I bought a, re- I bought, I bought a recorder for um, for our Paul's Pitch things on, on, on Patreon so I could do a little uh, uh, worst film of all time. Oh. Uh, beautiful. That could be a... That could be a um, what's his name? Is it Clint Mansell? It could be a Clint Mansell score for a fucking Ben Wheatley film. (laughs) It's minimalist, but also very awful and busy. (laughs) Very confrontational. I love it. (laughs) Before we sign off on this piece of shit for the second time, let's quickfire good things about it. Quickfire. Okay, before we stamp our shitty seal of approval on it. (laughs) I like an empty airport. I've had them a couple of times in my life, and I, I, I like it. I like an airport with not mm. much going on. I also like the immediate cut to the empty airport. Mm. It became very laboured after a, yeah. a couple of seconds. But well, I think the sleeping that... cleaner would have been a lovely detail if we hadn't had a fucking establishing shot of him. If he'd just been yes. in the background, he would have been quite funny. Very, be very Jim Jarmusch just to have him in the back yeah. with something else, with Bill Murray going in the foreground. <laughs> I liked when they're talking about trying to get Al Pacino in to do this commercial. Uh, whoever it is he's talking to Adam Sandler goes well never say never remember you didn't think we could get Brad Pitt to do that Radio Shack commercial I was right well you can't be right all the time there's yeah. an argument to <laughs> why he's wrong about not being able to get Al Pacino yeah. on yeah um, which just just in enough double negatives in there to yeah. twist twist me funnies that's good the way you delivered it there had a bit of a Murray from Flight of the Concords feel to it yeah you were yeah, yeah. yeah you know, can't be right all the time <laughs> that's quite good that's what it was um when the sister says, Mom always said it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Oh, yeah, she did say that. I remember that. That was cool. And that was just a really crap thing to say. You know, yeah. the, the the conversations between Jack and Jill are so awkward because obviously you're doing Adam Sandler on both roles. So he has to, you know, cut, get out of makeup, yeah. do the other one. Potentially, because of the amount of makeup involved, potentially an hour later, he's delivering his side of the conversation. So mm. it's bound to be fucking awkward. But it actually, the awkwardness kind of benefits their first encounter because they would be awkward. Then they have yeah. to actually bond and it's awkward as fuck. Speaking of awkward as fuck. Mm. Uh, Speaking of an awkward actually fuck. Actually, my, 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 my first laugh in this Ooh. was um, when, she, when Jill wakes up noisily, Adam Sandler's trying to, Jack is trying to go, hey, Jill, Jill, wake up, wake up, because he doesn't want to wake her up. It's very mm. funny. Mm. Um, she wakes up noisily and amid the din and the commotion the birds just start squawking to add to it oh right um it's just a yeah cool unexpected okay. escalation there hey i'm a god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> just, that extra layer just tipped me over into slight laughter <laughs> love that love that pure emotion um when i think yes. what's going on is casey holmes's parents holmes's parents have um invited Oscar the homeless guy to come and spend yeah. Thanksgiving with them. 
But Jack, again, in his eagerness to get rid of all visitors, says, well, he's only here for a bit, and then he'll go back home. Less. Like, he he realizes oh. that the guy's homeless, yeah. and he hasn't got a home to go to, and so adds the less. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And also, go back homeless is a really lovely <laughs> shit kind of sentence structure, which I quite like. Yeah. Uh, uh, he likes tape still words. I thought that was good. Okay. Just the... <laughs> he likes tape. I remember you talking about it in the, the first time we did this, about how it didn't explain it. It just... Oh, he likes tape. Mm. And uh, yeah, still tickled me. Okay, good stuff. A stay still on the uh, Thanksgiving scene. Oh, uh, just an add-on to that one is I like the way that Jill then uses his head to apply black pepper because he sellotape the black mm. pepper thing to his head, and he just sort of she just sort of really carelessly shakes his head towards the um, yeah. Which did two things. First of all, as a Jill thing to do is quite funny, but also the idea of Adam Sandler just shaking this child actor's head. In such an aggressive mm. way was also quite amusing. But my actual one is the awkward seating conflict in which Jill wants to sit next to Jack, but there's already someone there who mm. I think has food in front of her. And yeah. the awkwardness of that sequence in which nobody really could believe that she was bringing this up, but didn't know how to react to it was something yeah. I found quite believable mm. and uncomfortable in a way that I quite liked. Comes from a place of truth. It must just do. about. Just like all of Jack, eh, Jill? <laughs> I can't remember the context, but I think Jill is saying to Jack, we, we like we never do anything nice, like look at Thanksgiving. And he goes, what do you mean? It was a great night. We ate food. We ran in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely um, pastoral image. <laughs> like recollection of this horrible, horrible night. Yeah. That's quite good. good. As Otto goes to get up to leave the table, he grabs a bread roll and puts it in his pocket. And I think it's mm. um, Casey, Ho- Casey Hopkins. Fuck. Casey Holmes' yeah. dad. Um, just says okay as he goes. It's just yeah, Aww. it's quite good. Good, well delivered. The only thing that was scripted in this movie. <laughs> we'll start with this gag and we'll work our way out. <laughs> oh, it's not as easy as it looks, is it? I'm a, I'm still a big fan of Adam Sandler's waking up and slowly realizing something's wrong. Face. <laughs> it, 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 he does it a, a lot now, thinking think. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, huh. I I don't know if it's just a slight shift from Clement dreaming. <laughs> To sort of pleasant, ah, oh, hello world. To, Uh-oh. but it's it's a good gentle shift. <laughs> it's a titanic shift. It's shiftage. Tectonic plates across his face. <laughs> okay, this will yeah. this will be really hard for me to justify, and it is going to piss you off. One or two times, when Felipe delivers, I'm kidding. Although I hate mm. what they're using that to justify. I quite like his delivery. Yeah, I had the whole family come over. Even my aunt Rosa snuck across the border. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make me feel like like I just climbed out of the trunk of my cousin's car after driving 1,100 miles across the border. Huh? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of okay. him actually just saying, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's, a, there's a warmth to it that he mm. manages. A sort of, you know, kind of affectionate, don't worry, guys, kind of vibe. That made me mm. actually quite on board okay. with it. But again, what the, the reason they're doing that is so that they can just... Adam Sandler can write Mexican jokes, give it to a Mexican character to say, and then add that in order to yeah. make it a charming little affectation, like a dad telling dad jokes, when really what they want to do is just make jokes about Mexicans. So, fuck <laughs> it. No one's done it before. It's time, finally. <laughs> Truth to power. Um, um, I When Jill's going on the date with... Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Jill goes with the username Manilo. Mm. And um but when they meet, mm. I'm pretty sure Norm Macdonald calls her Manilov. Fun bucket. Manilov? 
instead of Manolo as like <laughs> as if it's a Polish name and he's got to give it the proper the proper oh, right. um, a pronunciation. Mm. And if that is true, then that's a nice little hidden gem. A little hidden gem. I like that. I liked um, Adam Sandler opening the door to him and being like, "You fun bucket," and Norm Macdonald just saying, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> yep. a good little thing. Um, you know it is. After Jill has been knocked out, Drew Carey saying, I never saw that before. Uh, hey, let's give her a bunch of prizes. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. And then just moving on to the yeah. next segment. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Just the carelessness of that. Just, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Give some prizes and then <laughs> whatever. I don't care. I'm Drew uh, Carey. Dennis, we don't have a way to end this scene again. Drew, give us some of your magic. That's <laughs> oh, actually good. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, shit. We can't put that in the People will notice. <laughs> People will want more of it. <laughs> when Al Pacino's at the basketball game, Holy and he shit. doesn't want to be recognized. I wonder if this is exactly my next one. Let's let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't want to be recognised, so yeah. he's you know sitting down with a cap and glasses on, and this this it's a, the screen like the jumbotron is oh, like man. star TV. Yeah. And it's Johnny Depp, and then it closes on Al Pacino's face, and then after a moment, yeah, a brief pause, it just starts flashing Al Pacino on the yeah. screen. <laughs> Yeah, that's my really good timing. That's crazy. That was my exact next one, but more for me, it was Pacino's face as all of that yeah. is going on because he's just staring yeah. deadly at the floor. His eyes just yeah. moving ever so imperceptibly in awkward silence as he just prays to God that this ends soon. And Al Pacino's just flashing in yeah. front of his face. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. You're right. It's 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 the mix of all of those. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> How bizarre. Okay. Oh. Well, I'll have a next one then. Um, right. I like the implication. That Al Pacino went to a fucking hot dog vendor and asked them to put his phone number and the words call me onto a hot dog <laughs> in ketchup and mustard and deliver uh-huh. it to this woman. Or he did it himself and then handed the hot dog back and asked him to give it to her. That's... Do you reckon he went, deliver it to this lady over there. Don't look at the number. That's my number. You're going to look at the number? No. <laughs> You're not. I'm going to take your fucking eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... I'm just trying to feed my kids. <laughs> Listen, hot dog. Yeah, it was you, hot dog man. <laughs> he broke my heart. Breaks my heart. <laughs> okay, more on Pacino. I do mm. like the idea of Jill not knowing or caring who Al Pacino is. Mm. I think that's 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 a cool little conceit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gotta, maybe uh, maybe it's it's sadder because of what Al Pacino is actually doing in this movie. But <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, a lot of my remaining ones involve Al Pacino. Weirdly, um, in the version I was watching this time, Pacino's gibberish didn't have any subtitles. And that did make it better, as we theorized ah. it would last year. Yeah, it's so much better when there's no subtitles. That's interesting. Because you could blink and miss the fact that he he's not talking proper mm. languages, and that yeah, you know the way the way just like je ne comprends pas, just you know just yeah, it's yeah, it's good. That's <laughs> ah, I, 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 my next one actually is I still liked it even with the subtitles, ah. but um, that's mm. that's interesting to know. A lot that's, funnier with that, good. I think. Yeah, cool. Cool. It's actually, I think, maybe the only time Nell laughed in the entire movie. Most of it, yeah. she was just staring at me. Yeah, I was wondering how Nell took it, because that's new. This Not is well. her first. <laughs> yeah. Does she, Not well, Paul. Does she think it's better than Grown Ups 2? I think equally, like twice <laughs> twice burned. Equally equally burning me <laughs> with yeah. those cigarettes. She doesn't even smoke. It lights them to put yeah. them out on me. Grown Ups 2 was left arm. Jack and Jill was right arm. And <laughs> I've got They just... It's two mate, they're joining together. I can't tell where one cigarette burn ends and the other begins. Wait a minute. Yeah, if I put my arms together, it's a map to the secret code. <laughs> oh no, wait. I gotta go. It's only an illustration of how of how tenuous my relationship is becoming as a result of Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's the real treasure. 
Um, it took me a minute before I remembered that um, that old dude in the toilet was going to help Jack out by writing his boobs. It was oh, I, right. And, and when I remembered, it really made me laugh. It was just really nice. The callback <laughs> was awful, but the yeah. um, the, the callback, the punchline isn't great because mm. um, Jill or Jack just no Jill socks him in the face. But mm. when when the guy turns up and just very silently again just beckons her over to him with his yeah. with a finger, mm. I, I just love his stillness mm. in this crazy film <laughs> this guy who's just a very respectable looking mustachioed man who just wants the best for this guy who yeah. um who is w- dressing up in women's clothing for a good night out and he's yeah. just a lovely man and it just yeah <laughs> his, his his attitude really made me titter best of intentions um yeah. i like pacino's line about raising pigeons and um when he was a younger man and then after a moment realizes no sorry that was brander and just the idea yeah. that he would mistake an aspect of his own life with yeah. that of Marla of another big actor was quite amusing. Yeah. There's like some of the self-deprecating stuff when when Jill smashes his Oscar and goes, oh, I'm sure you, you got plenty more. And he goes, oh, you, actually, yeah, you'd have thought so. But no, that's the only one. Yeah. It, the, a... the delivery was very offhand. And, it and... was. It was very odd considering the previous shot because when she smashes the Oscar, he kind of looks happy about it. And then... Yes, because he fucking loves Jill. Yeah, and and I thought, oh, maybe it's like he's so attracted to her because she doesn't give a shit about him, and now she's smashed his greatest accolade for being an actor that somehow represents. Uh, da, 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 da. But uh, something, it, something, something. Yeah, so or he just wants to fuck her. Do you know what's so close to making a comment on that? Because later on, he does say say that he likes her because they grew up on the same streets. Yeah. You know, and that could be the reason that Jack actually doesn't like her. And it, it, it's fucking oh, there's something, there's something so close. And I hate that. I hate, I that hate something. It. <laughs> I hate it that with just a tiny bit of energy, they could have made something of a point. That's every every Adam Sandler film for the last however many years is just just a bit more effort, <laughs> and it could have meant something. <laughs> God damn it! Um, mm. um, and I'm just gonna. This is my last Al Pacino. Actually, I'm just gonna tie this <laughs> in. I I know that he he the moralistic message. Is empty and barren, but Al Pacino's delivery of it was was really nice. I see a girl who wants recognition, but just never gets it. Yet, she has a heart so big, she finds happiness in seeing her brother receive it all. Yeah, yeah, but come on, aren't I a pain in the butt? I mean, don't I annoy everybody? He he yeah. delivers it in a really it's a very nice underplayed, friendly way, and it was just yeah. it was like having an uncle there. The out of context feel of this, which is that Adam Sandler's Jack arrives home dressed in drag, with mm. lipstick all over his face, makeup, the wig is gone, so he just looks like Adam Sandler in a dress with makeup. Yeah. And he's trying to find his sister and the son is in the hallway and just says to him and again, if you just forget the context of the entire movie, this line is mm. beautiful. Just says to his dad in this state, You were with Al Pacino, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. I love that's that. Crazy. I love the idea of that's what it looks like when you've had a run in with Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's left oh, of fuck, you. That was good. I didn't really think about that when that happened. <laughs> Um, I've only got one left. Well, my, my last one. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, I d- for I the first little on bit, one, you and I. I know. God, hmm. we're always finishing each other's bitches. Balls. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't actually mind the first ten seconds or so of that resolution in their made-up language. 
Okay. Because it was a callback for a start. Yeah. To something, to a connection they had. Um, possibly because I didn't believe any other interaction that they'd had throughout the movie. Yeah, that helps. Um, it just allowed <laughs> me to to not have to think about the shitness of the script. Yeah. It just felt genuine, something genuine happening between the two of them, and mm. and then it carried on, and it they had to incorporate all the other people in the room into the scene, which was a shame. Yeah. But for a bit, it almost yeah, I felt a little thing there. Mm. Yeah, well, I think for me, the last one is that the only pathos that there really is with Jill's character, you know, the only time when she's not just, you know, slagging off everyone around her for their various, you know, perceived differences from societal norms, is the idea that she's a very lonely person and that she had a very close relationship with her mother who has now passed away. Yeah. That's mentioned several times and is a very upsetting idea and is at its most poignant at the very end, just before she has her reunite, uh, she reunites with Adam Sandler, where she goes to the restaurant that she always went to with her mother on New Year's Eve, and um, says to a picture of her mother that she has with her, um, "I'm not alone. I'm with you." Mm. That was really sad. That got to me, and she, you know, and then she yeah. takes the picture in and puts her at the table, and yeah, yeah, that was a genuinely affecting thing, and. Oh. There of, of one of one for me in this movie because <laughs> I really didn't give a shit about the relationship between Jill and any other character other than this yeah. picture. <laughs> mm. oh, and well. yeah, I think that's just about gonna do it for talking about Jack and Jill again. Unless the OG team are gonna fucking stretch this out with their recommendations that we love. They're actually gonna. They knew we were gonna run over on this one, and they did it anyway. Those those yeah. bloody OG teams, sick. Oh, God, I hate them. Leave us alone. Less engagement. Okay. That's what I've always said about this podcast. Is what we yeah. need. It's it's it actually helps. You treat treat them mean. Treat us mean. Keep us keen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know we'll never stop pursuing <clears throat> you if you treat us just a oh, little God, bit yeah. more nasty. Uh, the movie bunker podcast said CGI mm. parrot. Um. Yep, love that. Did. I love it when you can easily tell that it's turned into a CGI fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, In the back joke. seat when Jack's choking it. Yeah. In a way that implies he's vaguely being sexually gratified by it. <laughs> he always loves taking it or something like that. Yeah. Getting it? Getting, getting it, it, yeah. He loves getting it. Getting, getting cock is better than taking cock. <laughs> it's the obvi- it's obvious better than putting up there. with cock. <laughs> all right all right guess i'll get it yeah get it and say it way better get it girl um it's just so much so much more empowering get it than take it unless you're saying take it to someone else that's quite empowering hmm anyway i'll think on that um chris attaway re- revisited said sometimes i enjoy a crap film so i think the only good thing was the anticipation thinking oh man this is going to be nice and shit in a fun way mm. but it is just shit Super shit. A it great shit. big steaming pile of dog shit with bits of sick in it and piss. Dehydrated, yeah. smelly piss. Three likes. <laughs> Good um, stuff. I will say this yeah. one does start more rough. You know, Grown Ups 2... Yes. Oh, it's close. Grown Ups 2 starts with a nice tracking shot of the town, but then it is a deer pissing in Adam Sandler's face is the problem. This one yeah. starts with t- footage of twins, which now, this time, upon this watch... I do realize it was very, very heavily scripted. Well, I came out a pound heavier than Kara, so that's why I'm an inch taller now. She's always been like a pound heavier. 
No. So yeah, it's, you know, I love being twins, man. It's, uh, it's basically like you have a bag of spare parts. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I need a kidney down the road. I know he's got one. So I'm always like, hey, stay healthy, dude, eat right. When we were kids, we had our own secret language that only me and my brother un understood. I guess we were kids, we thought we were whales. Yes, just so fucking fake. Yeah, so fake and written by Adam Sandler and his writing team. Definitely, Definitely not, not actual funny. interactions yeah. between twins, yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's that's the OG team. Thanks, Thanks. OG team! Yeah. That's like kicking it over the line for us. All right, Paul, kick it off the field by telling people how they can find out about the OGT game. Yeah, cool. Uh, my one better thing is adaptation. What's yours, Paul? Oh, fuck. Adaptation? All right, explain that. Oh, I've got you. For some reason, I thought yeah. of atonement. <laughs> <laughs> it's better, it like, it is better than Jesus, this. Jesus, let's see how you're going to work this one in. This one was also yeah. based on a novel by Ian McEwan. <laughs> the children actors, they <laughs> lost the source material in there somewhere. <laughs> Just watch adaptation. It's really, really good. Cool. Yeah, it is good. And right. yeah, Nicolas Cage plays twins in a much more convincing and uh, interesting way where the characters actually play off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And Brian Cox is in it. <laughs> Brian Cox is and always will be in it. Um, as the most terrifying speecher, uh, speaker of all time. And maybe the beginning yeah. of my... That speech he gives maybe is the beginning of my resentment of voiceover. Where he says, mm. you know, for fuck's sake, don't have you know, a voiceover in your thing. And I thought, oh, is that generally considered lazy? And then thinking on it, I thought, oh, maybe it is. And maybe, uh. that's, maybe that's where it all started. Thanks, Brian Cox. Keep Thanks. up your sterling work in the science community. <laughs> find those stars. And you can find more stars next week on One Good Thing. OGT pod on Twitter and Facebook. OGT pod at gmail.com to send me an email and Paul if you want. Um, yeah. but it's, it's my time. <laughs> um, we're, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, all the good podcatchers, even the really shit and stinky ones on the black market. <laughs> Pound um, catcher. <laughs> Pored corchers. <laughs> we're all, all, on, all, on all shorty port corchers. And we're also, then we also have a Patreon where yeah. uh, if you want to support us for as little as a dollar a month, you get exclusive content and you get our heartfelt thanks. But yeah. for anyone else listening to us, you get a heartfelt thanks because you're great. So bye. I'm God, done. you're amazing. I'm Go out there, stay safe, time. wash your hands, and good luck. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. All of you. I love you. If you'd like some sex, then um, write in. <laughs> write in. <laughs> write your way to, to Australia. <laughs> if you can if look, if you can get to us, we'll we'll provide the sex. Look, if you can make one of us come with a letter alone, with words alone. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll sit on that D or V. Whatever. <laughs> oh baby, I'm gonna sit on your badge. <laughs> Sit right on it with my butt. <laughs> I didn't expect this episode to be our steamiest yet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you never do is a thing, I mean, it's, and it know, always is. You surprise yourself. Each one we surpass Honestly. our previous selves. Sit right on that badge. <laughs> well, sit on that badge, everyone. I'm Paul spinning on it. <laughs> I'm Paul on the badge. And remember, one good thing about Jack and Jill and Bill and Ted is, uh. But at its heart, <laughs> at its heart, it's just a story of a sad, lonely woman. And that is funny. <laughs>